Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Adultish Podcast. I'm Brendan Sokler, and we are here in Manhattan, not in our usual palatial New Jersey digs of the shared universe, but rather at Bevan's apartment. Uh, to break it down for you, Adultish is a show on Footprint.tv and Adultish.tv, and it's also a podcast. And uh, I guess that's a good place to start. I'm Brendan Sokler. I'm David Ray. And I'm Bevan. Welcome, everyone, to the Adultish Podcast. Even though we're not at a shared universe, I we are repping the shared universe stickers on my laptop where we're recording. Oh, my God, there they are. Look at it. It's, it's pretty shared cool. universe. Pretty cool. We miss you guys. We're going to come see you guys soon. Yay. Let's get down yeah, to this week. So get much it. happening this week. So much nerd news. Good God almighty. Uh, David, let's start breaking it down. Uh, well, uh, did any of you catch the Oscars on Sunday? I caught bits and pieces, and I have to say my favorite part of the whole thing was Billy Porter's dress. That's, that's where I stand on the Oscars. That was okay. even not even at the show. That was the beginning that of the That was the free show. That was the red carpet. I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> um, I... Ironically enough and nerdy enough of me, I was playing Pathfinder during the Oscars and I was just checking Facebook every so often because they would do, ABC would do like the highlights of who won and I'd be like, hey uh, guys, pause, Uh, so that that person won just in case anybody cares and most of the guys that are playing Pathfinder don't give a fuck about the Oscars, so. Uh, For those who don't know, and me who doesn't know, the fuck is Pathfinder? Pathfinder is another version of D&D. It's like D&D, but different. Like, it's just another version of it. So, for instance, we're all, like, we're mages, we're we're warriors. Were you? Huh? Oh, I am. My character's name is Ariel. And she is a... Yeah, right. Is she a mermaid? Nope. She's a half-elf, half-human. She's in search of her father. She has magical power. She has a magic missile. Which is my favorite weapon to use against bad guys. Yeah. It just always hits the target. Mm-hmm. But it's played in similar fashion of D&D. There's a rolling of the dice. There is certain is amount of Is it a 600-sided die? Sure. <laughs> it's right. actually, we play it on a website called Roll20.net. Oh. And then we have a Game Master. Nice. Okay. You know, as well, just like D&D. And we're on is a that, quest. Instead of Dungeon Master? Yeah, we okay. have a game master instead gotcha. of dungeon master. I mean, I guess you could still call him a dungeon master. Nice. And where did you? And you played this online? Online, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's no paper, no writing to do. No, I mean we have to keep track of the things that the items that we pick up and stuff like that. So again, all very similar. If you ever played Dungeons and Dragons, except it's online. There's a. Are you mess- chatting? Are you chatting? Sorry to draw. Chatting on the keyboard or yep. on a. Well, we're chatting on. Well, headsets? So, yeah, headsets plus uh, on the keyboard as well. Cool. So we can do character dialogue off to the side, and then all five of us are on like a group. Disc- we use Discord, yes. app Discord, and we all are using video feed, or we're all like looking at each other. That's cool. You know. Nice. Jazz. Sweet. That does sound more fun than watching the Oscars. They were fine. I was. I, I saw them just to see um, what Black Panther would get and and I was waiting for Spider-Man to get Best Animated Feature which, which it, it did. did yeah I'm very very happy to hear that I saw the movie again this week uh, just because I was thought it was so so swell I need to see it a third time there was a uh, fun detail 
released by the directors that uh, in the original script that they had for it uh, Miles Morales learned how to be Spider-Man from watching DVD extras of the Tom Cruise James Cameron movie that never was oh that's a good reference really solid pull was it was it Tom Cruise gonna be Spider-Man Tom Cruise was gonna be Spider-Man in like 1995 or some shit James Cameron was gonna be directing was it it DiCaprio I think it was Cruz, then DiCaprio. Uh-huh. Like, it's one of those things where Tom Cruise got too goddamn old. Yeah, quick, because in the 90s, he was already, what? A, in his 30s. Well, it may have been, like, 90s? the eight, like early 90s or yeah. 80s that it was him, and then 90s, it's DiCaprio. I forget how long James Cameron Which, had the Which, by the way, this. guys, I'm fine with having an older Peter Parker. Like, I don't understand why we always, when we reboot the series, every time we've rebooted it, it's always been... The teenage P- uh, Peter Parker getting his powers, trying to figure out what to do. I, the, one of my favorite things about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is that we overlooked all of that, and Peter Parker was just in his 40s and old. I mean, the, one of them was. The one, one at the beginning of, of the movie, which is like Spider-Man Prime, played by yeah. Chris Pine, is was, I would say he's in his Wait, 30s. Wait, he's played by Chris Pine? Yeah. yeah. The first Spider-Man. That the one that rescues, dies? Yeah. That was Chris Pine. That is Chris Pine. Wait, wait, wait! I thought I thought Chris no. Pine played uh, Chunky Spidey. No, no. that's uh, that's a uh, new girl guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Nick from Nick, exactly from New Girl, and who then, I will just know as Nick. Right from New Girl. Yeah, and then I, I believe Oscar Isaac plays Spider-Man 2099 at yes. the end of the movie. Yes, he does. Which is a whole great casting. Um, I feel for Miguel O'Hara. Um, but yeah, no, Chris Pine, I was talking to Bevan earlier before we started recording that that movie has the moment, a moment that's very similar to me because I love, uh, the original Superman movie with, uh, Christopher Reeves. It has the same moment of awe when, when Superman rescues Lois Lane and everybody's looking up at him and it's just like, oh my God, it's Superman doing this too. And he's being Superman. Yep. It's the same thing. When Miles Morales falls and is rescued by Spider-Man in that moment against the Green Goblin fight, and he rescues him, they realize that there's a connection, and then he's like, "I'll be right back," and then he proceeds to be Spider-Man. Yeah. In the eyes of through the eyes of Miles Morales, you're seeing that, and it's literally I've counted that clip. That clip is about a minute long of him being rescued, meeting, and then going to, and then. Spider-Man being Spider-Man, and it's just some magical. I feel it's like such a magical moment. It encompasses the whole idea of the superhero. Yeah, it's kind of like S- Superman. You see that that rescuing Lois scene. That's the superhero. Like it perfectly embodies what the idea is of the superhero. <laughs> and I just I've seen that clip over and over again. I'm just I think it's so perfect. I'm, anyways, and you can tell I'm a fan, and I'm very happy that I got Best Picture, Best Animated Picture, because it truly was one of the best Marvel movies last year. Marvel movies, period. Might be the yeah. best Spider-Man movie. It was. It is one of the best Spider-Man movies. For I, sure. I still don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie, but I think it's up there. It's pretty great. Yeah. I think Spider-Man Two is still better. Mm. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is still better. Oh. I actually put Spider-Man Two as my third favorite Spider-Man. What's your movie? second? Into the Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think Spider Man Homecoming is better than Spider Man Two? Yes, I do. Wow. Yeah. We could have a fight about this, but I'm, I'm pretty I don't want to have a fight about it. I mean, to each its own. I mean, it, they they play out they play out like like different comic books or like interpretations of Batman. Like you know, Tim Burton's Batman is fantastic. 
So is Christopher I, I've continually yeah. never had the same love for Spider-Man 2 that a lot of people have had. A lot of people are like, this is the perfect Spider-Man mm-hmm. movie. I'm like, yeah. I even like... I might actually like the first Spider-Man better. It's it's definitely stands on its own being being that Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Like it's got really good action. Spider-Man Two has really good action, yeah. really good villain. Yeah, it has an excellent. This is that's the best Doc Ock, and then from Spider Verse, that's the second best Doc Ock. And you could say, I'd say my favorite Doc Ock is Alfred Molina, followed by the video game version that came out last year, and then. The the Spider Verse version of Doc Ock, which I love not just visually, but the character itself was really good. I think the reason why Spider Man Two still resonates with me is that that was the first time seeing a superhero film where you saw the struggles of being a fucking superhero. Yeah, he was especially a superhero with no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like he was a superhero that was struggling to go to college. He was struggling to pay his rent. Mm -hmm. He was struggling to have a normal life. He was struggling to even have a love life. He Mm -hmm. was struggling to have a family life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you really... And that was the first time... Struggling to be a friend to Harry. Yeah. He was struggling to just be a friend, just an all-around good guy that he was trying to be. He was a bad student with Dr. Connors. Yeah. Yeah. His balancing act was definitely something that read as really human, Mm -hmm. which is why I really liked it. Uh, Going back to the he didn't have any money thing, one of my favorite moments in Spider-Man comic lore is when uh, the Avengers are recruiting and you just see them go through and ask people and they give their reasons and when they come to Spider-Man, Tony Stark's just like, we have money. And Spider-Man's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's perfect. That yeah, I mean, like, so to me, that's one of the reasons why I still love Spider-Man, too. Like, mm-hmm. again, it was the... Sorry, Brendan's uh, blowing his nose. I'm, I'm still recovering from a head cold. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> that's fine. Just FYI, if you hear the wheezing and the bl- nose blowing <coughs> and the coughing, that's Brendan. Are you going to sit down? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Oh my god. But anyways, um, that's to me why Spider-Man 2 still reigns over Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse and Homecoming. Because it's just that the first time you break a mold like that in superhero uh, genre, it's worth hanging on to. See, but I feel like Homecoming improved upon that. And it's... Tom Holland's Spider-Man, to me, is the first one that gets Peter Parker and Spider-Man right. It, it does get the, the teenager down for sure. And the I like Tom Holland because he makes me excited and reminds me I get to be Spider-Man. Like, that's his M.O. Like, I get I get to do this. Yeah, he's stoked about he it. He likes what... Like, and he's, he's quippy yeah. and he's a teenager and yeah. he's a mess and there's hubris. There's so much fun. No, there. I yeah. like him as Spider-Man. I'm just saying that it's not as deep cut in terms of the turmoils of being uh, Spider-Man as mm. Spider-Man 2. I still think it's a great movie. Yeah. I think I love having the Iron Man aspect in it. I love that we don't have to deal with Uncle Ben mm-hmm. in that movie. I love that it feels kind of like a John Who's kind of uh, yeah. high school movie. Yeah. Like It's very Ferris Bueller to me in some scenes. It's very John Hughes. I really dig it and when I finally got my girlfriend to watch it it was because I was said it's a John Hughes movie. Just watch it. Tell me I'm wrong. And I wasn't. Which, by the way, though, some John Hughes movies don't live up. Don't they don't age well? They don't age well, some, except for Ferris Bueller. Yeah, Ferris Bueller ages great. 
Yeah, because it's all bananas. From There's nothing holding it back from being... That's a dated concept. Playing hooky is a universal quality forever, and the way he does it has nothing to do with the with the times. It just has yeah. to do with this is just an elaborate prank. It's kind of like he does the Home Alone thing of making a device. Like It has a universal appeal just because of the creativity involved in yes. the movie itself. It has a little detachment from reality. Hot take, I would really love Alan Ruck and uh, Matthew Broderick to be in a superhero movie as like a team of characters. Like whom? I'm not even entirely sure. So let's say, like what? I, I'd be fine with Alan Ruck having been Uncle Ben in like a flashback. Oh. Mm. Matthew Broderick could be Uncle Ben like in 20 more years. Yeah. <laughs> like in 15, 20. Well, I mean, does he need to be 20 years older? I mean, I mean Marissa Tomei is on May now, which is like ridiculous. Yeah. Which me- begs the question, in the eyes of Kevin Feige and the people behind Homecoming and this new MCU, who is Uncle Ben? But that's a whole other story. We're talking about the Oscars. Oh, yeah, we just real got quick. real sidetracked. So sorry, Spider-Man won Best Animated Picture, and apparently we're all very happy about it. Yeah. Um, Black Panther uh, <laughs> got Best Costume, uh, Best Set Design, I believe, and Best Score. Yep. Which are all things that I can say, yes, that yeah. is awesome. The score yeah. is very, like, it's one of the few scores, It's the I think it's the only score in the MCU, besides the Avengers one from Avengers 1, that I can remember from the top of my head. Uh-huh. Uh, this is something that we've covered before, is that yeah. a lot of the scores of the Marvel movies, not that memorable. Yeah. And a lot of the direction of Marvel movies, not that memorable. Right. This, however, pretty, it sticks pretty out. Good. And you remember it, and I was like, I, I like the Black Panther theme. And the, 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 the theme that they had uh, in Black Panther, Avengers, I would say, and maybe in, the, in any other Marvel movie... Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming doesn't have one per se. I really dig the Far From Home trailer that orchestrates the Spider-Man theme song from the cartoons at the end of the trailer. Yeah. And I think that would It's like be... a big orchestra. Oh my god. But I was like, yes! Give me that version. Yep. Like, that is... for it. That is memorable as hell. So if they could just do that, then then we have we have a third. But anyways, hot take: Did you ever hear Michael Bublé sing the Spider-Man uh, theme? No, it's really good. It's, it's really very silky. Oh, it's, it's very, very good. It is a very good. Uh, I have it on my uh, Spotify, just nice. in case anybody wants to Google that and listen to it. It's very good. Michael nice. Bublé kills it. Back to the Oscars. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so those are the two comic book things that were that were up in the Oscars, and congratulations, that's great. I, you know, made me want to see Spider-Man again. Didn't make me want to see Black Panther again, because, you know, I'm kind of over that movie already. I'm happy that it got what it got, because what it got, truly deserved, I feel. Visually, the movie's fantastic, it has excellent costuming, the music's terrific, so. You know what movie I wanted to see again coming out of the Oscars? What? Captain America. Just any of them. Any of them. Yeah, there's this lovely moment where... Uh, oh, when he helps Regina King? Yeah, because <laughs> Regina King's uh, train... Well, there were a lot of trains to dresses yeah. at the Oscars, and it got caught, and he immediately jumps up, gives his arm, and I'm just like, good job, Cap. <laughs> good, good guy. He also did this, I think, at the SAG Awards with Betty White. Mm. Like, 
Chris Evans is there to support. Yeah. He's there to support. And he wants to remind everybody, he's like, I'm Steve Rogers, bitch. Yep. <laughs> I think I think just in his heart of hearts, that's kind of who he is, which I'm, a, I'm here for. It's good. Yeah. Until, you know, end game. Yeah. Until, Until they all die. <laughs> no! Yeah. Uh, we'll um, see. Anyways, we'll see. Uh, new stuff. Uh, did Wait, you s- is there anything... Before we leave yes. the Oscars, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Olivia Coleman for having the best speech of the night. Oh, and a I- great win. I'm very happy she won. If you guys haven't seen The Favorite, I highly recommend it. It is hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's a really fucking good movie. Yeah. I have not seen The Wife. I don't yeah. know how good Glenn Close was. Glenn Close is always really good. Yeah. I feel bad for her because that's apparently a movie where it's like about not getting your due and oh. then... <laughs> She, I mean, she won a lot of awards besides an Oscar, so I, I, sure. I understand that the Oscars still have the rep of, like, the be-all, end-all, even though that's not true. If you win an Oscar, it means you're going to work forever. I mean... Right. Sure. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not I wasn't very pleased... I wasn't that surprised or interested that uh, Best Actor and Best Movie Awards, really. Uh, I thought, okay, fine. It was... It are we was just worth- saying awards are dumb? Yeah, well, they I mean, are. They are. It, it does help the people that win them. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's the it's the is 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 Green Book the best. I mean, movie? most of the time. I mean, Robert yeah. Duvall awarded himself out of a career, which yeah sucks. But does he need to work? Nah, fuck him. No, <laughs> Robert Duvall is still Robert fucking Duvall. Yeah, he's the man. He's fine. I yeah. mean, there are some people that don't need to win an Oscar and they'll keep working and they'll keep making money. And, yeah. And, and nowadays, I mean, you remember when I thought Hugh Jackman was possibly going to win an Oscar this year, and then no one saw the front runner. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. the movie came and went. Yeah, it was supposed to be great. What yeah. the shit? I guess it's not. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I only I only saw the trailer. I followed his press tour briefly on Instagram, and that was that. And the movie's out of the out of sight, out of mind. Speaking of marketing, though, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman's commercial though for each other's uh, product is hilarious. Well, isn't Ryan Reynolds selling gin? Yeah. Yes, and then Hugh Jackman is doing uh, coffee. coffee. Yeah. Right. So Ryan Reynolds did a really Beautiful. loving, yeah, loving uh, commercial for Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman's oh, commercial for the gin. Oh, it's great. We will watch it the moment that this is done. I mean, that's it. the last thing I saw, and also I guess The Greatest Showman is getting a sequel, which yep. I don't understand why because it got shit. Like the soundtrack did very, very, very well. Yeah. <laughs> The movie was completely trashed on for glorifying Barnum as being this savior when sure. he was originally a dick in yeah. his actual life. Yeah, yeah. But so it's getting a sequel mostly because of the music. Because of the music and, and Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman and, and money. <laughs> yeah, then Hugh. Jack- you guys saw that he got the Guinness uh, Book of World Records. He's the world record holder for the portrayal of a char- the longest portrayal of a of a cinematic character in movie history. Something like that. Really? For Wolverine? Yeah. yeah, for Wolverine. Interesting. We're not giving it to Stan Lee for The Watcher? No, we're not giving it to Stan. It doesn't count. I think him and Patrick Stewart uh, got the award because Patrick Stewart's been Professor Xavier for as long as Hugh Jackman's been Wolverine. So him and Patrick Stewart share a world record now. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but yes, it was like last week I think he got it. He was like awarded a certificate by the head of the Guinness World Records for being Wolverine for almost 20 years, which is crazy. 
X-Men 1 came out in 2001. Yeah. No, 2000. 2000. 2000. The same year as MI2 and Gladiator and The Perfect Storm. Good lot, year. A lot of Russell Crowe. Yeah. There were a lot of Russell Crowe happening back in his prime. All right, so good. So back to Olivia Coleman real quick. If you've yes. not seen Broadchurch, go, get to oh, yeah. it now. If you haven't seen Peep Show or that Mitchell and Webb show, go If you haven't seen Hot Fuzz, she's Hot fantastic. Fuzz. My favorite movie of all time. So she's great. Um, she's. I loved that she didn't think she was going to win, and her speech was completely riffed upon, and it was just so it's adorable. Charming. It was yeah. so charming. It was good. She was just making side comments, and when she like just did, yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. For the listeners, she did a raspberry. She did yeah. because they were like, "Please wrap up," and she's like, <gasps> "It was great." All right, moving on from the Oscars. Uh, we just watched the Dark Phoenix trailer. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> it's you know it 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 did it did give me uh, animated series vibes. Yeah. Anytime I hear Scott Summers scream Gene, I'm like, yep, that's yep. pull that's, my heartstrings. That's thirty five percent of the X Men animated series is them calling out each other's names. So that's always exciting. Just Scott going Gene and Wolverine going Gene. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, <laughs> Scott, Gene, Gene, Scott. Like it's Gene. back and forth, and then disaster. So it has those vibes. It looks like uh, people are gonna die. Looks the trailer's edited to the degree where it's just like, oh, they're gonna kill off Mystique, which is whatever. Whatever. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, she. I, I, it's so funny that. It's because of the, I feel, the star power that Jennifer Lawrence has, that that's the reason. Like, we don't have Hugh Jackman to be the star power. Let's just get Jennifer Lawrence's character to just be the... I guy. thought she was done after the last Me one. Me too. And I In think, fact, during it, I thought she was already done. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sad that they don't, they're not, they don't trade, they don't make the movies strong enough. It's like, Xavier and Eric are very strong to lead the movie and be like the face of the movie. I don't know why that's not. I guess the public. But they're not see it. Wolverine or Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, they don't know that Hugh Jackman's not going to show up. I, I, I really thought you were about to be like, we don't know that Hugh Jackman's not Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope he's not in the movie because there's no reason. It's kind of like the last movie where it's like. We didn't need that. I appreciated that, but we didn't need that. Yeah. You know, we didn't need Weapon X Wolverine. I loved it, but we didn't need it. <laughs> you remember that scene? Vaguely. Yeah. Honestly, I blocked out a lot of Apocalypse because it sucks. Yeah, it was pretty forgettable. Pretty generic. I like Days of Future Past. Oh, that movie's awesome. That's that a great. That that's probably my favorite X Men movie next to X Two. Really? It's a solid. Yeah, I think it's a solid one. It's it's for me. It's really? it's it's two one days. Two one and days are like my favorite X Men movies. Yeah, because it it utilizes Hugh Jackman really well. It utilizes all the newer X Men really well. Mm -hmm. um, it also brings back Jean at the end of it, which is, I guess, spoiler alert, but. You guys should have seen it by now if you yeah. really didn't want to be spoiled. Yeah, fine. Um, yeah, so I, I love that it tied everything up into a nice little neat bow. Yeah, it just undid X-Men 3. Where, and, where, and where is, where's the first class love? That is probably my favorite of them. First class is pretty solid, but in terms of... like That's why out of the first class movies, Days of Future Past I really like. Because I'm a big fan of, of Eric Lencher... Uh, now and then, I yeah. love I love uh, 
So Ian's the, Ian's Sir Ian McKellen in the role, and from the first X Men movie, the strongest parts of those movies of the first movie is Eric and Charles. Those David, are the have you seen the Ian McKellen uh, extras thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. God. Yeah. To, to the listeners. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Shut up. New York City folks. Fuckers. <laughs> ah! uh, check out. Ian McKellen extras. It's one of the most perfect videos. It's a classic. It's great. It's a classic. classic. But anyways, the the Dark Phoenix uh, trailer looks fine. Looks like an X Men movie. It has all the 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 symptoms of an X Men movie. It has the melodrama. It looks Simon like somebody... Kinberg making his directorial debut. Yeah, which could be wonderful. He's produced and written a lot of the X movies. Uh, he's also written and produced a lot of other movies like Mr. And Mrs. Smith uh, and the like. So. Good luck. I really I'm, I'm going to see that. Mr. June 7th. Smith. What? I really liked Mr. That movie's awesome. Doug Liman directed that. It does not get enough love. It doesn't. Doug Liman does a lot of good stuff. He did Edge of Tomorrow, the first Bourne movie. Okay. Yeah. Like, the, the motherfucker can make a good movie. Yeah. I just uh, feel... My only concern is it looks like they're, they're going to do an X3 thing where the Phoenix is a bipolar disorder instead of the cosmic being that it's supposed to be. I think that... I don't know. Whoever Jessica Chastain is, I thought she's playing Lalandra, which they're coding it on IMDb. You look for the casting of what her name is, and it's Smith. And I'm like, all right, that's... Lit, that's Fuck you, you're Lalandra. That's definitely a code for something. That's not her name. It's kind of like whatever... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's name was in Star Trek Inner Darkness on the credits he's like they call him something like a one letter name or something and it's just because they didn't want to spoil that he's Khan and I was just like yeah. alright so if she's Alondra I'd be pretty interested in seeing that it could be uh, a end game situation where just like the phoenix destroys the universe and then they're all in the MCU all of a sudden who knows maybe it's a setup film there's this fucking thing that I keep seeing in superhero trailers where it's this slow, methodical, like, one-note speech mm-hmm. uh, where it happened in the Captain Marvel trailer. It happened in this. It's just happening in a lot of trailers where it's just like, we're slowly talking about things. Things and stuff are about to happen. And it's just interspersed cuts of things exploding. And you won't be ready for it. Bah! Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, I'm kind of over that. It rarely reflects the movie that I'm about to see. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like a shit trend in uh, movie trailer making that I'm just like, let's put that to bed for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I don't know. I think, well, there's a lot of tropes that the superhero movies just keep recycling as well. Where it's just like, there's no... because Especially in the MCU where there are literally no stakes because of the continuity that they keep they, they have to promote the next movie so the next movie defeats the purpose of like the suspense of something that's left untold like oh Spider-Man's alive or the you can't you know Captain America will return like there's just things that you're like Robert Downey's not gonna be lost in space something's gonna happen like there are just Black Panther did not die because he's in the Avengers trailer so it's things like that where just like it keeps rehashing the idea of like there's no surprises. Yeah, I mean, the, especially for the main players, it's like if you already because the internet is so vast, well, knowledgeable nowadays, yeah. you you are aware that a star signed up for seven plus movies. So yeah. when you when you see them quote unquote like in Black Panther die, which was 
To me, the most annoying thing about that movie mm-hmm. was when he quote unquote died. I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, mm. is he dead? Is he not coming back? It's just oh, forty wait. minutes of Killmonger. Okay, you know, yeah. like that to me just annoyed me because it's just like, come on, I know he's not dead. And when people were freaking out in an Infinity War about. Spider-Man dying and Black Panther dying. I was like, oh my god, they announced sequels to these two characters exactly. ahead of time. I know they are coming back. See, I don't get annoyed by that because Marvel does have the option of, like, every character that died has had another representation. If Black Panther fucks off for a bit, Princess Shuri dons the suit. Mm-hmm. Thor could have Jane Foster. Uh, Spider-Man yeah. could be Miles Morales. You could go so many other routes. I mean, I don't think they're going to. No. Personally, Not for yet. me, I keep advocating for the idea of just give us a date. Don't tell us anything about it. Yeah, and just and we'll be like, we have a Marvel movie coming out this date. How fucking dope would that be? You go, there's know. no trailers... Just says, it's another Marvel movie. You're going to see it. Give us your money. And then everyone leaves and goes, that was Captain Marvel. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of goes into the marketing value of it, too, of like what the stars are signing up for. So I think what you could do is sign the stars up, sign an NDA with them, and be like, by the way, you're not going to start marketing this movie until the movie's already out. Yep. It's, it's, it's a shame that we know so much, like, I, it's it's a shame that we know. Oh, when are the actors' contracts up? And when? Uh, oh, are they asking for more? We know all this information just because we're all like to troll the internet. We all like to dig and know more. About right, but it. they can also fuck with us because of that, which I I'd think is kind of fun. I would love that. I would like to not know stuff because it's not the, it's not even up to me. Like I'll just go to the movies. A new trailer for Detective Pikachu came out. I'm not a Pokemon lover, but I understand the severity of the fandom of Pokemon. And I'm the glad new... you're not a Pokemon lover. I think that's illegal in New York. Well, the the, the new trailer showcased Mewtwo. Yeah. And it came out, like, in the trailer, it looks like a surprise, like a twist. And they even play on that by saying the words twist, where po- Pikachu goes, oh, that's a twist if I've ever seen one. And they just reveal Mewtwo. It's like, it's kind of like the Hulk in Thor Ragnarok, in my eyes, where just like... If you hadn't shown that, yep. Thor Ragnarok would have been 20 times bigger, I feel, if that reveal would have been kept a secret. And I'll say this for Star Wars. What I love about the Star Wars marketing is the lack of information they give us. They're doing the job there. They do a really good job of being cryptic. We have yeah. no idea what's going to happen in the next episode yeah. at all. We haven't gotten a trailer yet, which nope. is weird. We usually get one a year before. What I, Another thing to sing the praises of the whoever the fuck is doing the Star Wars trailers, the reason that you go to a Star Wars movie is because it feels like a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And those trailers tell you jack shit, but they mm-hmm. feel like a Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. Which is great. And when you consider... How much trailer companies, because it's actually different companies that make the trailers for movies, have kind of fucked up. (laughs) We have these formulaic superhero trailers. You have stuff like Suicide Squad that has a brilliant trailer and then... A shitty movie. Yeah, because Warner Brothers went, hey, this trailer's really great. Why don't you guys do an edit on the movie? Like... That's one of the reasons that that movie is a flaming pile of shit. It's a two-hour boring music video. Exactly. Yeah. So, bless the Star Wars editors. They're wonderful, (coughs) which is a great way to segue into... Topher Grace released 
A Star Wars trailer. Yes, a five-minute uh, trailer of the entire Star Wars saga, sprinkling the prequels more than anything, and then just heavy on everything else. It's more original trilogy, more Force Awakens, Last Jedi, with sprinkles of episode three and two, some episode one. But yep. it's kind of like, it just goes to show that years pass, and the Phantom Menace is still a letdown of a film. It gets worse and worse with time. Even for The Last Jedi haters, I don't understand how you hate The Last Jedi, and you're okay with The Phantom Menace. Oh, I'm not okay with The like, Phantom Menace. But a lot of people are. Like, oh, okay. Because the idea of, like, well, that's George Lucas's story, is like, doesn't mean that it's a good story. Right. If Stan Lee wrote A Phantom Menace, it would, it would still be The Phantom Menace. It's still a bad movie. I mean, and the not a later Stanley stuff is Phantom Menace. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's kind of like, okay, like I don't understand. The Last Jedi is a much better movie. Anyways, there's a five minute trailer, and it goes through a montage with the heavy narration of Episode Four of A New Hope of Obi Wan's tale of who Anakin was, what Luke Skywalker wants to be, and what this adventure could. Uh, is gonna be about yeah so it's like heavy on the holy trilogy and then it just sprinkles around what happened before when uh, obi-wan was in the clone wars and he was really close friends with anakin so they show episodes two and three clips more on three and then four five six they show bits of solo bits of uh rogue one um and kind of nice together. Bevan, you thought it was maybe a tad too long? I thought it was just a smidgen too long. Mm-hmm. I think if it was a four-minute trailer, it would have been solid. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It's fun. I just I just thought... It's a lot of movies. It's, yeah. I understand, Ten fucking but, movies. you know, there are some things I could have done without. Mm-hmm. Yep. You needed more Gungans, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. I wow, wanted Ewoks. Wow, there was Ewoks. like zero. Zero Gungans, zero Ewoks in that trailer. I know. Yeah. That was crazy. There was zero. They also had a lot of deleted scenes from Return of the Jedi. Sorry, from New Hope and Jedi where uh, when Luke Skywalker is making his green lightsaber, that's a deleted scene from Jedi. And also when he's uh, speaking to Wedge, mm-hmm. uh, that's a deleted scene from A New Hope. Yep. Uh, when Wedge uh, comes back from the Academy, yep. which is what Luke wanted to aspire to and couldn't make it because right. of the crops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they showed that deleted scene, basically just enveloping the whole trailer in like lore and expanded universe type ideas, which was pretty good. Here, here's a question. Disney Plus, do, yeah. they, do they have the ability, slash the footage, What was it not destroyed... Uh, to release the original cuts on their streaming service. I wouldn't... Uh, Lucasfilm definitely must have a print of the original trilogy. I wouldn't... Uh, uh, it'd, be, it'd be stupid to think they wouldn't have that. Especially with all the... I mean, they haven't released it yet for the bajillions of dollars that would make. I don't... Yeah, well, is it, it... Would you still want it? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. Yes. I want that VHS cut that I had. Yeah. I like... With pan scan? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, besides Han shooting first and not having Jabba the Hutt... Oh, my God. You all right there? I'm just trying to get it right into the microphone. I think you're achieving. Good. Um, You know, if you take out Jabba the Hutt scene in New Hope and you make Greedo not shoot at all and you take out a couple of other silly things in Jedi... Really, I'm kind of over it. You know, I'm 35. I'm I'm done caring about... It's not my Star Wars. It's not... I have to stop thinking about that. I think what? That it's not the Star Wars I grew up with. It's never going to be. 
my oh. Star Wars. It was never meant for me individually. It was meant for everybody, and people will always have a problem with it. And the thing is, the the more you let it go, the better you're gonna be. I promise you, yeah. because that hatred, like the dark side, is just gonna feed into it, oh and you're just gonna turn evil. It's just gonna make you dark. Fear leads to hate. And, yeah, hate and he, and it leads to suffering. Yoda said it best. So why hang on to the past? Yeah. So it's it's funny because like I've been listening to just a shit ton of podcasts as a podcaster. That's something that you do, mm-hmm. and. It really is an interesting thesis statement of, like, there's two trees that you have, dark side, light side, and the one that grows is the one you water, Mm -hmm. and there's so many fanboys who water the dark side. Oh, yeah. Heavily. Over this. It's not what I wanted. Did what? Did you not watch the movie? Yeah. There's one major takeaway. Yeah. It's like, let it go. Let it all go. Kylo Ren was right. Let it go. Uh, I mean, that's also Elsa's saying, too. Yeah, well, I haven't seen that movie yet. Frozen's a Star Wars movie. (laughs) It's The Lion King, isn't it, as well? Uh, No, Lion King's Hamlet. It's also Wicked. Okay. Frozen is Wicked, and Idina Menzel is going to be the new big bad in the next Star Wars movie. And it's going to be a musical. It's going to be great. Well, they're already in production. Ryan Johnson is still uh, writing the new trilogy. Is he? Because I haven't heard shit about that. I think it was like two weeks ago I read it on Joe Blow, I feel. I feel like three weeks ago I read an article that was just like, is this still happening? I don't see why it wouldn't. It, there's there's always going to be uh, room for, for more continuation of the saga. The more it stays away from the Skywalker, if we move away more from the Skywalker and made it, make it just a legend, a myth, like they started doing now with, you know, uh, just putting it all behind... I think it opens up to possibilities of, like, a trilogy every ten years. Well, we got the D.B. Weiss one, the fucking Game of Thrones people doing a trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think will be good, because I like how they handle Game of Thrones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have Johnny Favs doing a series on Disney+. The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Which should be really fucking good. Should be great. Love Johnny Favs. Uh, And then we have the Ryan Johnson one. You, you know what I'd be interested in? Has Kathleen Kennedy directed a movie, speaking of, like, no. people who have produced on a shit ton giving it a first go to it? No. No, not to my knowledge. I think Kathleen Kennedy has just been sole producer. I'd be interested to see her do a Star Wars movie. I don't know. Is she... Is she... Bevan, do you know if Kathleen Kennedy has any filmography? Uh, well, stand by. Let's see. Um... In the meantime, um, so we saw the trailer. Uh, also, listeners, if you if you check it out, it's uh, Topher Grace Star Wars trailer. That's what you can Google. Uh, but Topher Grace is not the first time that he's uh, edited uh, some Star Wars. No, he just like he likes editing things. That's yeah. his hobby. But he loves Star Wars. And a few years ago, I want to say maybe 10, 10 or less, or around there. He did what is known online. She has 105 producer credits. There's no director credit. Yeah, She's yeah I'd actress. be interested in seeing her in the chair. Cause... I don't know. She doesn't have a great uh, following right now with Star Wars people. Uh, I mean, the... Why? Because they didn't do what they wanted? Oh, this mommy childhood! Star Wars! Yeah, no. I mean, I... Shut up! Eat it! Ugh. It's a movie. 
Yeah, no, life. I stand hard for Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, I mean she like, also did The Last Airbender, which was also complete. Yeah, dark but, like, binge. dude, look at her filmography. Did she, did she produce The Phantom Menace? Mm, hold on. She did Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. She did War of the Worlds. Seabiscuit. The Young Black Sally. She did Signs. Hey. Hey, Signs. Oof. Jurassic Park 3. Oui. When you do 105 movies, there's going to be there's going to be some duds. Uh, oh, she did the best of Rock. What the best of? Hold on. They're coming to take you away from I know, right? Kathleen she Kennedy. She did Twister. Opinion. I like Twister. Oh, uh, Twister's a classic. Uh, the Bridges of Madison County. Baltimore, classic. The Flintstones. Classic. <laughs> We're back. A dinosaur story. Oh yeah. Wow. I love that one. Schindler's wow. List. Classic uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> I mean, she started Amblin. Uh, like, she did Tiny Toons. Yeah. Tiny, we're toony. We're That's up. a classic. She did Hook, Jurassic Park. Flawed classic Hook. Jo- Joe versus the Volcano. I love that movie. There is no uh, Back to the Future 3, Gremlins 2. So yeah, overall, more, more ups than downs. Yeah. Right. Like, she has a... Being a director, you are saying yes and no to shit. More or less. You mean producer. Which... No, no, no. I mean director. Okay. It is a bunch of people from many departments just coming up to you and going, Hey, do you like this costume? Yes. No. Fuck off. And it's... John Mulaney has a little bit about this. Yeah. Where it's just like... Yes! No! (laughs) The fucking, um... Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. That's just how he responded to things. Oh, yes, yes, and yes, that, yes, yes, yes. That's yes. more or less what being a director is. You are just making sure things move along, and she has done that for some of the best movies in history, so I'd be very curious to see her in the chair. Right. Uh, Kathleen, also, hit us up. Uh, hit us up. Hit up Adultish and uh, let us know if you're going to direct something. Thanks. Yeah, or Topher, like- if you want to do it. Uh, I have some confidence in you sure. after this. Also, uh, sorry to, to, to just finish up on the Topher Grace thing. Years ago, uh, if you don't know, he did a, uh, a his own personal cut of The Phantom Menace. And uh, if you look for it online somewhere, uh, it's called The Phantom Edit. So his yeah. love of Star Wars is years, years, years known. Um, yeah, he's a big Star Wars nerd and... Good for him. I would take a Simon Pegg Pen Topher Grace directed and edited Star Wars any day of the week. I, I think mean, that would be Simon fun. Pegg wrote Star Trek uh, Beyond, and which I loved. It was a fun movie. That was very Star Trekky. Yep. It was very television Star Trekky. Yes, it was. I really enjoyed that. And I'd be, I'd be yeah. about a Simon Pegg script and a John Favreau uh, director for Star Wars. That'd be, That'd be with, fun. I'd That'd be, be good fun. with that. Speaking of random, like. Not Star Wars, but like space adventures. I finally watched for the first time ever Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, wow. What do you think? Charming little it's film. So funny! Like it's yeah. so like it's so like all over the goddamn map. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? Martin Freeman, right? Yeah, yeah Morgan. Yeah, Fre- yeah Martin, Martin Freeman. Not Morgan Freeman. Martin Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Which yeah. I always, I already loved him, but I feel like he's great. Um, he, I Black Panther's Martin Freeman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that one. Um, he, I, I think the narrator made it, made that film. Okay. Who narrates it? I don't remember, but whoever it was, the tone of the film is set by that narrator, mm-hmm. and the editing of it is just all. Apparently, it's just that all over the map in general, and it yep. was a 
radio series before? Yeah. There there have been a lot of different versions of, of this Shed. because it was a it was a radio play before a book? No, no, so it was a book. Right. And then the BBC produced a radio play version of it. Gotcha. Which they are wont to do. Cool. Yeah. So. Classic. Classic. Classic BBC. Apparently the film just got okay reviews because apparently the books and the radio series just did a better job of like I think it just yeah, but did they have Sam Rockwell? I know, Fuck right? Em. No, they didn't. Had Sam Rockwell playing Fosse. I can't wait to see that. Alan Rickman was I'm like the stoked for that. Alan Rickman was who? The the robot. The yeah. uh, oh. Let's see who is listeners. The... If you can't tell, I haven't seen the movie. It's really <laughs> it's all over the map. It's it's definitely all over the. John Malkovich is in there at one point. Bill Nye is in there at one point, and you're like, "Oh, look at all these famous British actors!" Cool. And then Zoe Deschanel is just in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And her bangs. And uh, her bangs. Uh, who I really want to make a sketch where it's Bill Nye, the science guy, and Bill Nye, the British actor. Yeah. And then they just figure shit out. Yeah. Adventures. Yeah. A, a buddy science movie. Yeah. That'd I think it'd fun. be great. Um, um, so, oh, Stephen Fry is the narrator. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, he's he's quaint. He's pretty He's great. really, fu- like, he just made that movie. A Fry and Laurie fame? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, he's great. Who, Laurie? Uh, speaking of anything else I finished, I finished The Umbrella Academy. Okay. And thoughts, musings? Uh, I would definitely watch a season two. Well, that's good, because they just put that to order. Yes. Let's just put... Uh, spo- spoilers, listeners. Spoilers! Spoil the I haven't seen it. I'm not... I haven't it. finished it. I'm on episode seven. But you've read the books. But I read the books, but I forgot the books. All right. So, Bevan, you saw it. Go ahead. Tell us everything. Spoilers again. Ruin it! Ruin, Ruin it! it. Um, what did you think? So, overall? so overall, I think the, some of the characters are very engaging. Like I said, number five is very consistent. Mm-hmm. He's a really good actor. I believe he's a 58-year-old trap in a 15 body. Okay. He's so body. fucking good on he's this show. He's really good. I, I believe he's this New York guy that has an alcoholic problem, and he's, and he's just trying to stop the world from ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the organizations of the, I guess they're timekeepers. They're, they're the ones that like you can travel back and forth and they try and fix timelines if people are fucking with it to keep it on track. Um, that they're, they're pretty good. Mary J. Blige, it's, bless her heart, terrible. She's just absolutely terrible. Anytime she's in a scene in this show... I'm like, I really want to skip this so badly. Like, if I was to go back and rewatch the episodes, I would skip her scenes. Because she just takes me out of it. But listeners out there, do not fret. If you want to see good Mary J. Blige, she makes music, and she's really good at that. So, if anything, check out her music, because it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Mary J. Blige is good in a lot of things. Most things. This is... Not one of Mostly them. music things. Mostly music things, but also she's shown up big in some acting roles. Has she? Yeah. Like what? I believe that she won an award for Godless. She God- got nominated for two, Godless. Aca- Godless. two Academy Awards last year Godless. in music and for acting. Godless. Are you sure? Netflix show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I remember. Godless. It's a Netflix. Yes. Did not see it. Yeah. Did not see it either, okay. but Look, I remember man, here, Here's the thing, and I will, I will say this till my dying day. Great actors can be absolute shit in the right project. Sure. Sure, I believe that entirely. Look at Suicide Squad. Yeah. A lot of great actors. Absolute shit. Yeah. 
absolute shit. Um, so yes, yeah, overall, I give it a six out of ten. Okay. Like I thought, it would the world was engaging enough for me to pay attention. I really am bothered by the whole X Men factor that they bring in. What do you it. mean? Well, so Ellen Page, spoiler alert, like the big reveal, which I kind of felt it coming a mile away when they make a big deal about how she's ordinary and she's not one of them. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense for this pompous guy that just wanted to collect superheroes. I was like, oh God, I bet you she, I bet you she caused the apocalypse and I bet you it's another Phoenix thing. Sure enough, it's revealed in what, episode six or seven, that it's like, Holy shit! She had the most. She's the most powerful one, but he wasn't able to control her, and she wasn't able to control it. So guess what they did? They had number two, the rumor, go in there and tell her. I heard a rumor. You think you're normal, and you don't have any powers at all. And then once Helen Page finds out about it, she starts killing people. She loses control of her powers. The gang has to get together like, okay, we gotta stop her because today is the day of the apocalypse and we gotta stop her from happening. That sounds they, so familiar. Yep, right? Where have I heard this from? It was a Rugrats plot. Yeah, but before that, I think it was an X-Men plot. Yep. I liked it better with Tommy Pickles. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> we have to stop Lil. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... She's my sister! No, Phil, not anymore! <laughs> That's epic. So that part was made me go, ugh, okay, all right. I do like the cliffhanger, though, which is, um, spoiler alert. Yep. So the reason why the world actually ends is they're trying to stop her, uh, I think it's rumor that tries to stop her from killing her siblings, and what she does is she fires a gun past number seven mm-hmm. to, to surprise her and knock her out. But the blast that she was about to blast her siblings with ends up shooting up into the moon. The moon starts to break apart and fall down to Earth and starts, you know, like, kill uh, kill everyone like the dinosaurs. And so what they do is they use number five's power uh, to take all of them to go back in time to see if they can fix it. Because this time, instead of just him going back in time, he's going to take everybody... Sorry. Ta-da! Star Wars trailer. My bad. That was terrible. Very unprofessional. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. It's all yeah, right. Allow me to blow my nose again. No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> no, um, so, and then what ends up happening is that while they're going back in time, like number five, when he went back, originally he was a 58-year-old that got stuck in his 15-year-old body. Now everyone else is going back into their 15-year-old bodies, including number seven, who they are taking back with them because they think they're going to just fix the problem by nourishing her from the beginning so this doesn't happen. And they're hoping that will fix the apocalypse from not happening. Okay. Sweat. Sounds sounds Sweat. like I've seen that. Yeah. I've, I've totally seen that yeah. show. All right, cool. So, for if you don't know X Men and you haven't read uh, about this show before, Umbrella Academy recommend. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's some scenes that are that drag. Mm-hmm. There are some characters that need better development because some of those kids are just not that entertaining. Number okay. number two and number one are probably the most blandest of the characters. Okay. At least Klaus has a lot of multi-dimensions. At least Diego has a lot of multi-dimensions. And number five, probably the strongest one out of all of them, Ellen and Page's character, pretty fucking boring. I okay. mean, she's a good actress, but yeah, to is. me, but to me, her character is just, all right, 
It's the Phoenix. I The minute I found out that this was going to be the Phoenix, and this was before they revealed that she was going to have these powers, I was like, oh, God, I can't. Mm. I can't. That sucks. Because she even had a boyfriend that was doing similar things like the Hellfire Club where he was trying to control her and manipulate her and... And a backfired surprise, and it's like when when I can guess the plot line is when I'm gonna not care anymore. It's like, all right, great, awesome, all right, yeah, all right, yeah. It's kind of like how I felt about the Punisher. I haven't finished the last season, kind of like, okay, it's going through the motions and nothing new, nothing new. No, I. Did you finish it? I did. Okay, and uh, I'm I'm halfway through it. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> like, John Barenthal, great. Callum Blue, great actor, but this season's written like shit. Mm-hmm. And it feels really disparate. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why these stories are being told at the same time, slash why they should come together. And that third storyline of fucking uh, Jigsaw... Man, fuck up his face more and yeah. make it more interesting because, god damn it, I was... Disappointed? I was disappointed. Look, there's so many good superhero shows out there and so many that, like, are at least pulpy enough mm-hmm. that they're fun and keep me engaged. I I couldn't with The Punisher. Like, season one was fucking amazing. Yeah. Season two just felt like, well, they're canceling all these... Maybe we'll give it like a seventy percent effort. Mm, doesn't feel like that. It feels it feels sixty. Yeah. It does. Um, we're still getting a Jessica Jones, right? The last one, one yes. We're yeah, getting we're getting one, one more. more, and then that's it. So it it started with her, and it ends with her. Wasn't she the first Marvel? No, show? Daredevil. No, Daredevil, Daredevil was, and then Jessica Jones. Yeah. And yeah. then Cage. You're just wrong, David. I was. God. Looking forward to it. Damn it. I like uh, Jessica Jones, but anyways, Umbrella Academy, yay. Punisher, meh. I think Umbrella Academy and Punisher are both just like, yay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yay. I mean, like I said, I, I would watch Umbrella Academy just to watch number five. Okay. Yeah. Just number five. If you just watch number five scenes and that was it, I think you'd have a good time. Number five and Klaus are tearing shit up. Yeah. It's, they're very they're very engaging to watch and I like that, it. That kid is going to have a hell of a career. Well, unless he gets, you know, drug addicted or becomes an alcoholic. Yeah. Or, you know, a thing goes to shit. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, as of right now, he's he's off to a good start of me being like, I'd buy this kid would win an Oscar. You yeah. Know, in the next, you know, 12 years. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. For him, definitely watch it. There are some questionable choices everywhere else. And then, yeah, there's an X-Men plot in there. Okay. Hooray! Hooray. That just means uh, give us more X-Men. Yeah. There we Please, go. Please, just give us more X-Men in general. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything coming out that we are looking forward to? L- literally the words out of my mouth. Um, I mean, Captain Marvel's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which oh, I- b- before we talk about what we want to see, I saw something this oh, weekend right. that I want to just chime in on. I saw... Alita, Battle Angel. All right. Which is a, a remake or a retake or a reinterpretation or a reboot or whatever of the original... A robot? Uh, Battle Angel Alita. This is Alita Battle Angel that is a take on Battle Angel Alita, the manga by uh, Yukito Kishiro. And this movie is a, basically an American-ish version of the Japanese manga 
Directed by Robert Rodriguez and produced by James Cameron. Okay. Uh, with Rosa Salazar as Alita. Um, so I saw this in IMAX 3D at Lincoln Center. And I'd say if you don't see it in that way, it's kind of like seeing Ready Player One on your TV. It's a waste of your time. Okay. Uh, I think it doesn't need the 3D, but definitely the scope and the visual fidelity of the world and the, just the, the, the gargantuan sci-fi noir steampunk vibe that it's going for really looks amazing in theaters. A lot of fun action. If you've ever read the manga or seen the animated movie, it has a lot of the symptoms that you're like, oh yeah, I remember that frame or I remember that scene or I remember that moment in the book. And it kind of speeds through like five different plot points in the film. A lot's going on in there. They just have to play catch up real quick as it goes along. The redeeming quality is Rosa Salazar, which I loved her interpretation of the character. She had a lot of earnestness to it, a very grounded character, even yeah. though she's a cyborg. Right. Um, that comes from uh, comes from the sky, falls down to the garbage earth, um, and uh, becomes who she was born to be, which is like this super warrior robot. Uh, and it has a lot of symptoms from from the cartoon where it's just like Christoph Waltz played Dr. Ido, which literally looks just like him, uh, minus the height. Dr. Ido was drawn tall and gangly. Uh, Christoph Waltz, his face and nose, everything, he looks a lot like Dr. Ido. Uh, if you love the manga, if you like the anime, it has a lot of the symptoms. Overall, not going to rush and see it again. I think it had a lot of great special effects. Motion capture is insane. Jack yeah. Earl Haley plays a villain that you wouldn't tell it's him. He plays a bad guy? He plays a gigantic mech bad guy. Oh, good. And all you he all you see that's Jack Earl Haley is is basically his eyes and up uh, down to his upper lip. I was like, oh, there he is. Everything else is like this big And I bet he acts tank. the shit out of oh that my God. two-inch window. Yeah. His voice is like... The greatest hits of his voice acting in terms of like Rorschach and all that, and Freddy Krueger, it has you're like, yep, that's Jack Earl Haley. Yeah, he's, he's killing pretty it. Pretty great. Remember that time he was a child star? Great. No. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a child star. I forget what he was on, but all right. yeah, he he started his career at like 13. Let me just speed through it real yeah. quick. Mahershala Ali Bevin, plays another if you villain. Can look that up. Yeah, Mahershala Ali plays the other villain in the movie. Jennifer Connelly plays an antagonist. I wouldn't say villain per se. Uh, really great to see uh, her in a. Uh, as, uh, she's a scientist uh, involved with Doctor Ito's past and comes back into the present to deal with Alita, who has a kind of like a born identity type of uh, origin story where she wakes up, doesn't know who she is, has all these super abilities. As the movie progresses, she tries to remember who she was in the past. She's, you know, uh, a relic of an old time in the future. <laughs> this movie takes place in a very, very far-off future of planet Earth, which have events that happened 300 years prior to the, the present day of the movie. Uh, it's a visual spectacle that I wouldn't say go go see it, you know, on, when it, wait till it's on DVD or wait till it's on VOD or whatever. I'd say if you have the chance, see the movie theater. It was fine. It was fun. Um, and if you like the manga or the anime, I personally am a big, you know, I, I like anime a lot, so I was looking forward to what they could interpret. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's not a strong recommend, but I was like, if you want to see it just for the nostalgia factor of Battle Angel Alita, 
Uh, go check it out. It's an neat interpretation. Rosa Salazar for me was the heart of the movie. No pun intended. If you've seen the movie, uh, yeah. but she's kind of wonderful in it, and uh, and Christoph Waltz excellent. Everyone overall. The only person I did not like was the love interest. I thought he was a little bit uh, it just, boring. Yeah, well, the, it was just weak sauce. I would yeah. say yeah, a little bland. Maybe yeah. like it stuck out. He was more Disney Channel than than the world that we're being shown. Gotcha. Um, the most coherent Robert Rodriguez movie I've seen in a while. The first Robert Rodriguez movie I've seen in the theater since the first Sin City. Um, you missed all the Spy Kids movies? I did. And I missed Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Shit. And A Dane to Kill For. Fuck. And whatever else he's done since. And I don't know what else he's done yeah. since. It's not been great. But, um, yeah. So to answer your question, he's famous for the Bad News Bears as a kid. Oh, right. That's the fucking one. That yeah. movie's so dated. <laughs> Racism is hilarious in that movie. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> did you see the remake of that? No, I did not. Yeah, neither did I. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Anyways, uh, let's wrap it up. What are we looking forward to? Yes. Captain Marvel. Again, Captain fucking Marvel. That's next month. Yeah. No, yep. it's next week. Next week. Wait, what? To- oh, oh, yeah, so next month. Yeah, because March first yeah. is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Ah, uh, haha! Uh-huh. We're all correct. Yes. <laughs> so next month, Captain Marvel. Next week, Captain Marvel. We'll awesome. see how it goes. And then uh, uh, next, and then a month after that, Avengers, Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones. So it's and then Game be, of Thrones. You better catch up to Game oh, of I'll Thrones. Oh, I'll be caught up. I make that promise to you. When the premiere happens, and we will talk about it, I will be caught up. Okay, you may great. want to work on that, like. Now? Fine. I don't need to see Umbrella Academy. I can definitely finish That's watching fine. Game of Thrones. I support this decision. Yeah. Just start watching Game of Thrones right now because you need to get caught up because you know April's what? just around the corner. Next podcast, David's going to talk about Game of Thrones. Stuff that's been out for two to three years. And it's going to be the hottest, freshest take. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) I did not know this happened. I was like, yeah, that's three years old. That's three years old. The Uh, fact that you have not been spoiled yet by anybody. I know. I have really good friends and I know what to leave, what not to go through in the internet. Like I've made a point, like if there there are just some things, when that first Star Wars trailer drops, Uh that's the only trailer I'm going to watch. Because right after that first one, there's going to be a cavalcade avalanche of publicity that I'm just going to not watch. When I go to the movie theater and there's that second trailer, I'm going to do what I always do, send fire drills in school. (laughs) Put my head between my legs, cover my ears, and just wait for the apocalypse. And not know a fucking thing. Because that's every every time I do that, I'm like, la, 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 la. I'm uh, plugging my ears and I'm putting my head between my legs. And you can't see it because you're listening to this. But that's what I do whenever there's publicity happening that I don't want to see. This is the highest of high art is describing the physical acting <laughs> of oneself on a podcast. With right. that, I'm Brendan Sokler. I'm David Ray. And I'm Bevan. Thanks guys so much for listening. Be sure to visit us at adultish.tv. And we'll see you next time, hopefully, at a Shared Universe podcast studio. Bye! Bye!